0: You think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide.
1: It just sounds more dramatic that way.
0: All right, so this
2: week we are going to be talking about...
1: But just when you least expect it, we changed the game.
0: One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter.
1: You're part of the Half-Blood Prince.
0: So we're going to do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. We're going
2: to
1: hit the, the, the main highlight. That is the thing like what we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap.
0: Three Fates Decide podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Liz, and I'm with my two co-hosts, Mary and Sam. Hey. Hello. So, tonight's episode, we will be talking about... The Batman. Okay, granted, this movie's been out for, you know, like, at least four or five months as of the date we are recording this episode. But, you know, eventually we're going to get to it. So, uh, we're going to discuss, like, our general opinions about this movie and um, uh, what we think of it. So, what did you guys think of it? (laughs) Is the question.
0: I liked it. I mean, I I don't think it was the best Batman movie out there, but I I did enjoy it. I liked it.
2: There's a few things I have nitpicky about, and I think it's mostly casting-wise, but overall, the movie was good, but I honestly went into the movie without high expectations anyway, so it, it didn't disappoint me, but it didn't wow me either. If that
1: makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's along pretty similar lines to Sam. Overall, I liked it. Like, I particularly liked the really interesting take they did with the villains to make them more realistic um, and not cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, like, I hated you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin, I thought that was very good. But, you know, there was that element of cartoonishness to it. And oh, my God, the Riddler. (laughs) The Schumacher uh, Riddler was really cartoonish. Like,
2: oh, yes, yes. I, I will say I did like this, this Riddler. This, this Riddler was probably I, I hesitate to use the term chef's kiss, but he was almost chef's kiss in the the way he was portrayed, the way they portrayed him, the actor and everything. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it was really good. So much more believable and better. That was one of the, that was one of the major highlights of the movie for me.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like this Riddler, you can genuinely believe that this Riddler is like dangerous. Okay. I mean, which isn't to say that, you know, Jim Carrey's Riddler isn't obviously dangerous as well because, I mean, he is a criminal and he does So, yeah, with Jim Carrey's Riddler, it's like, you know, obviously because, you know, he is a villain, you know, you do expect him to be pretty, you know, formidable and dangerous. But with this Riddler, you really feel like this guy is really dangerous and you genuinely start feeling kind of anxious about like oh my god what is he gonna do this time who is his next target what's his deal and what makes him so dangerous is the fact that like you turn on the news and you hear about guys kind of like this guy (laughs) you know it's almost ripped from the headlines except with more you know puzzles and things going on Which is, you know, the dangerous element to this character.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Should we do a brief summary of the movie? Yeah. You know, obviously, spoiler alerts.
0: So, so I'm just going to read the Wikipedia thing about it. That works. So, Gotham City Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. is murdered by the Riddler who is a masked killer in this movie. Reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, who has operated for two years as a vigilante Batman, investigates the murder alongside Gotham City Police Department. Lieutenant James Gordon discovers a message that the Riddler left for Batman. The following night, the Riddler kills the commissioner. Message for Batman. Uh, Batman and Gordon discover that the Riddler left a thumb drive in Mitchell's car containing images of Mitchell with a woman. At the Iceberg Lounge, which is a nightclub operated by the Penguin, who is the mobster's lieutenant or whatever. Penguin says that he's innocent, and that's when Batman kind of beats Selina Kyle, who is Anika's roommate, um, who also works at the club. Who we find out is Catwoman. Yes. Um, When Anika disappeared, Selina kind of, you know, wants to help. Find her, whatever Batman sends her back into the Iceberg Lounge, quote unquote undercover, basically to try and find answers, and discovers that that a lot of uh, district, like the District Attorney and and a lot of other high officials, are under uh, Carmen Falcone, who's the mobster under his payroll. Which is basically how Riddler's getting his his uh, people. That's who he's choosing. He, his name is Gil Coulson. The Riddler abducts Colson, straps a timed collar bomb on his neck, and sends him in to interrupt the commissioner's funeral. Uh, when Batman arrives, the Riddler calls him via Colson's phone and threatens to detonate the bomb if Colson cannot answer three riddles. Colson refuses to answer the third, the name of the informant who gave the police department information that led to a historic drug bust ending. Uh, Maroni and other mobsters operation and he dies Batman and Gordon deduce that the informant may be the penguin and track him into a huge drug deal they discover that Maroni's operation transferred to Falcone and that many uh, corrupt officers are involved Selena inadvertently exposes them when she arrives to steal money and discovers Anika's corpse in the trunk of a car and after a car chase Batman captures the penguin but learns he's not the informant. They follow the Riddler's trail to the ruins of an orphanage funded by Bruce's dead parents, where they learn that the Riddler holds a grudge against the Wayne family. Bruce's butler, Alfred, is hospitalized after opening a letter bomb addressed to Bruce. The Riddler leaks evidence that Thomas, who was running for mayor before he was murdered, hired Falcone to kill a journalist for threatening to reveal details about Martha and her family's history of mental illness. That's uh, Bruce's parents. Bruce, who grew up believing his father was morally upstanding, confronts Alfred, who maintains that his father only asked Falcone to threaten the journalist into silence. Uh, His father planned to turn himself and Falcone over to the police once he found out that Falcone murdered the journalist instead. Alfred believes that Falcone had Bruce's parents killed to prevent this. I feel like the the Wayne family always has to be involved in some way. Yes. Selena reveals to Batman that Falcone is her neglectful father. She decides to kill him after learning that he strangled Anika because uh, she was told that Falcone was the informant. Batman and Gordon arrive in time to stop her, but the Riddler kills Falcone as he's being arrested. The Riddler is unmasked as a forensic accountant, Edward Nashton, and is incarcerated in Arkham State Hospital, where he tells Batman he took inspiration from him when targeting the corrupt. Batman learns that Nashton has stationed car bombs around Gotham and cultivated an online following that plans to assassinate Mayor-elect Bella Real. The bombs destroy the seawall around Gotham and flood the city. Nashton's followers attempt to kill the uh, Mayor-elect, but is stopped by Batman and Selena In the aftermath, Nashton befriends another inmate, while Selena deems Gotham beyond saving and leaves, Batman aids in recovery efforts and vows to inspire hope in Gotham. The end.
1: And that is a Batman. Just
0: the Batman. That oh. is the Batman. What I what I kind of liked and like reading this with Wikipedia is this did kind of go more into how Batman is is more than just like a you know, crime fighting vigilante or whatever, like he was like, he's a detective, he really goes into, you know, details as to figuring out clues and stuff like that. And they really focus that a lot in this. And it says that they actually drew a lot of inspiration from Alfred Hitchcock films.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. I like that aspect about the movie is that you really feel like you're watching like Not just another superhero movie, but it's like a detective story that happens to be a a superhero character who is the detective. One thing I surprisingly kind of liked about it was that, like, he didn't immediately figure out about the bombs right away because the bombs go off a few seconds after he finally pieced together, like, what the heck was going on. And he, you know, even, um, Riddler himself was, like, kind of disappointed that Batman didn't figure out sooner that he was planning to do this final plot at the end. Because he was, like, expecting that his great adversary is, like, a lot smarter than, you know, he seems to be. And it's, like, kind of disappointing to him. Which I appreciate that, you know, it just makes Batman, in a way, more human. Where, like, he's not this perfect superhero character who like immediately saves the day every single time i agree
0: mm-hmm. okay so we'll go into the cast and then we can uh hear what mary mary's uh you said a lot of it was was casting that you didn't like so we'll we'll, we'll go through that well
2: i i think we can figure out the, the the main casting issue i had
0: yes and we're gonna do that first so Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I personally thought he did very well as Batman. Bruce Wayne was a little too dark for my taste. I mean, I get it. Like Bruce Wayne is a very dark character, but it's like it's so different from how every other Bruce Wayne was portrayed. So you know, but I thought as Batman he did very well. That that's my own personal opinion.
2: Yeah, I. No offense to Robert Pattinson. Good actor. No, I I just don't know that this necessarily was the right role for him, in my my eyes, for my opinion. I just don't think he had the same uh, je ne sais quoi that other actors have had in the role. I mean, personally for me, I grew up with Michael Keaton as Batman. So that is always going to be high level. Nobody's ever going to be michael keaton as batman ever for me yep he 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 was number one he was absolutely perfect in the role i enjoyed christian bale as batman i enjoyed it <laughs> i i will say robert pattinson did do better than ben affleck
0: i was gonna ask you like please tell me you at least thought he did better than ben affleck because <laughs>
2: yes ben affleck was like is like bottom of the barrel
0: yeah.
2: the, he's bottom of the barrel <laughs>
0: He's below the barrel.
2: Well, yes, and then Robert Pattinson, for me personally, is like right there. He's like he's above. He and he, I mean, he's a good bit above Ben Affleck. <laughs> but just I, I don't necessarily know. I think it might be because he look. He still, to me, looks too young mm-hmm. for the role of Batman. And for what, I, I guess that that was my that's my thing. I, I guess I see Batman more of a man in his late 30s early 40s that kind of that looks more mature and to me Robert Pattinson does not look that mature still but that's just my take on it that's just me Mm
1: -hmm. like overall like my opinion about Robert was a bit similar again to Sam's take on it. it was um I thought he did pretty good as Batman but I also agree like his Bruce was like The thing with Batman has always been, like, he makes his persona as Batman very different from Bruce. Right. And it's like, you don't quite feel the separation as much. I mean, you get a tiny bit, but, you know, he's still way too broody as Bruce to make you believe that, you know, he's this... I mean, granted, he is, like, kind of uh, isolating himself a bit. From society in this version but still you know it's almost hard to believe that like he's you know capable of being a charming person when he has to be right
0: well right like even like when he walked into like the funeral scene or whatever like if i was in there i'd be like dude this is totally batman like just <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just looks so dark and like mysterious yeah
2: He he did not have the same affable personality that Bruce Wayne should have being the philanthropist billionaire playboy that he is.
0: Are you confusing him with Tony Stark?
2: No, but at the same time he kinda I mean if you think about it, if you I mean look at Michael Keaton's Batman. He was a very I mean his his Bruce Wayne portrayal was a very you liked him. You liked Bruce. And even Christian Bale, you liked Bruce. Even though Bruce was an asshole, you still liked Bruce. Right. Robert Pattinson. I didn't like Bruce, and I didn't like Batman. I like I didn't like either one. <laughs> I'm just like you—you you made a character that is supposed to be likable unlikable.
0: Yeah. For me, I mean, I'm guessing it's just because it's supposed to be so dark, you know. And it's like I was reading a review, oh, yeah. and it says like this movie definitely isn't for everybody. So it's like, I guess it just yeah. depends on that, you know, like what kind of bruce what kind of batman because i do think that batman needs to be dark you know like obviously and even bruce needs to be dark maybe not as as dark and somber as as robert made him but like i mean man definitely has some psychological issues yes and you know all that but you still want to root for him obviously
1: right because the other thing I took into consideration is that this version of Batman is apparently at the start of his career, if you will, as Batman. Because from what I remember reading, I think they loosely based this movie on um, what was it like year one, year yeah, two? Year one, or something the like long that.
0: Halloween and Ego.
1: Right, so it's meant to be, like, more towards the beginning of Bruce's career, like, I, if you want to call it that, as Batman, so you do get kind of a feeling that, like, he was tr- still in a way trying to figure out right. how to be Batman, uh-huh. in a sense, because, like, he's still establishing his reputation among the criminal underworld to be a figure to be feared and that was a thing that came up in this movie is that you know especially when the Riddler is like trying to say like how he was inspired by Batman's pursuit of justice against lowlifes who the police you know in the justice system in Gotham was not doing enough against and towards the end of it that's when like he's starting to realize that You know, obviously, the Riddler chose to do what he did, but at the same time, he becomes more cognizant of the fact that, well, if this one guy can come out and say that, oh, I kind of got inspired by what you're doing, and in turn, he was inspiring other people to do stuff he was doing, then, like, you know, maybe he needs to rethink a little bit about what exactly is the Batman supposed to be about. So. Right. Which is why, like, I was more willing to give Robert's interpretation of Batman, like, more of a chance overall. So, but, again, that's my opinion, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and all of our opinions are valid. We don't all, we can't all like the same stuff all the time, so. Yeah. I just, personally, for me, I was not crazy about this Batman, about that they, they. Casting for this Batman, but that's that's just me I mean overall, the film was still good. I mean, I still enjoyed the film. I'll put it to you this way. He is above George Clooney and well above Ben Affleck playing Batman, so that that <laughs> that should tell you where he about where he sits It's
1: so like he's like in the middle
2: yeah, he's about in the middle. I mean he's not the worst one I've ever seen, but he's not he he's not high level Michael Keaton I'm sorry i'm sorry i grew up with michael keaton that was one of my first crushes as a kid for an actor don't ask me why <laughs> batman of all people but it was. i was like
1: that's nah, no nah, that's okay because like i i do know somebody at work i i have conversations with her about you know some of the nerdier stuff um if we both happen to have watched the same things or whatever. And she kind of agrees with you, Mary, about how like, she wasn't really big on Robert's interpretation. And in fact, like, mm-hmm. she and her husband weren't super big on the movie in general, if I remember correctly. Like, they didn't hate it, but they were like not as into it, especially because of Robert.
2: Yeah, there's only one other one, one other actor, and it's an actress that I was not crazy about. And it has nothing to do with her acting. It's just I don't think this was the role for her
0: that Zoe Kravitz,
2: yeah, and I like Zoe Kravitz. I've seen her in several other things, and I enjoy her acting. I just don't think the role of Selena Kyle was for her personally.
0: We're just on opposite sides of the spectrum today, Mary I know She's okay her I, I don't know I think i I guess it's
2: because michelle Pfeiffer was was the original. Catwoman to Ooh, me right so. but
0: like the way that I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it again it's like a different version of it because like uh, I'm with you like I'm Michael Keaton Batman and like you know those Batman movies but they're so different as as Liz as you mentioned they're very cartoonish in that regard though I did love Michelle Pfeiffer as as Catwoman but I did like the way Zoe Kravitz played this where she's you know she even, like she even described the character. she's a mysterious character with unclear motives. You, know, you don't really know why she does the things that she does. She just does them, but at the same time, you root for her. You know, I just thought she did a, a very good job, especially you know, at the end when she wants to kill Falcone, and she's kind of going through. That whole thing, and you kind of see her fighting with herself, like almost like should she do this or whatever, and like so. I I thought she did a good job, but again, it's it is a different version of Catwoman, Selena Kyle. But even like Anne Hathaway, that was a different version of it.
2: I do think she did better than Anne Hathaway too, so (laughs) I I will give her that much.
0: Yeah, I I think she did better than Anne Hathaway. I don't know, was missing something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was not the role for Anne Hathaway at all. And I mean I enjoy and I like Anne Hathaway. But yeah. Oh girl, that was that was not the role for you.
0: Yeah. But I thought Zoe brought an element of mystery to Selena and Catwoman where, like Michelle Pfeiffer, you knew what her issue is. You know, like she was all about revenge. Yeah. Which is fine. And she put, I mean, that was she did freaking amazing, and I loved her. I love Batman Returns; like the whole film was like phenomenal. So, like, I, I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. I just thought Zoe brought because, again with the darker version of the film, she just brought a, a, something a little bit different to Catwoman. It's like you know that whole character that I I enjoyed.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't know. Th- those are just my two big gripes. I think of no, the whole I movie. It.
0: I get it so that's the problem with with making movies based off the same characters you know? over and over and over again right so you get,
2: because so, get
0: attached people to a version that just do it perfectly yeah you know you get attached you yeah. get attached to a certain version of it and mm-hmm. then they redo it and it's like well, why when this one was fine you know like and it's like we talked about last week like it's mm-hmm. the remakes that were never asked for like they need to stop yeah. with the Batman movies at this point. Like, it's done. It's over.
2: Yeah, I, I, but I did hear a rumor. I don't they're know how true, true the rumor is. Yeah, I think well, no, They're making a second one, but who they're possibly getting to play the Joker. I
1: thought they already said who was playing the Joker. Did they? Wouldn't they be having the same actor, or are they going to recast it?
2: Well, we don't know who the actor is that was playing the Joker, though, really. They didn't really give you a hint as who the as to who the actor was that's playing him in the in the last scene
1: no i think the director actually revealed it oh did he okay like there's an interview well okay he confirmed that the mystery patient is the joker you know in that scene and i think uh they did give a credit to the actor playing him but they didn't, I don't think they listed him as actually the Joker. They just list him as, you know, inmate or something like that. So you kind of piece together who it is, you know. I don't want to mess up how to pronounce his name because he's he has like a, you know, Irish last name. And I don't want to screw it up. But basically, it's the same actor who plays Druig in The Eternals, that guy. He plays the Joker in, in the scene. And. I'm assuming, as of right now, unless they later announce changes in the casting, that he is going to play the Joker in a sequel for the time being. But, again, this is just my assumption. I don't know for a fact that that's the case. So,
0: What did you think of Zoe, though, Liz?
1: I didn't love her, but I didn't hate her either. I, I do think... Like, given the take they're doing on the character, you know, she definitely works. She definitely works pretty well portraying, like, this mysterious woman where you don't, like you were saying before, like, you don't quite know what her deal is. And you never fully understand why she does what she does. But yet, you know, especially towards the end, you really sympathize with why... She in particularly hates Falcone, and she wants to get revenge against him. You get what her beef is with the guy. You know, and given how she ultimately chose to leave Gotham, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, you know, what happens to her afterwards, or if she will ever be motivated to come back for any reason. I mean, again, we don't know, but... My thing with these superhero movies is that if the character didn't die on screen, <laughs> there's always a possibility they'll come back. Right. <laughs> That's just how it is.
0: Uh, moving on. So we have Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, or also known as the Riddler, which I know we said before he did a fantastic job.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I believe he, w- he-, he was definitely better than Jim Carrey
0: right and and again and as it's, it's like you said Jim Carrey played Riddler very cartoonish very out there very like you know he wasn't
2: which is on theme though for who Jim Carrey is as a comedian slash comedic
0: actor also i feel and i'm i can't believe i'm drawing a blank as to who directed those films
1: it was Schumacher.
0: yeah the early films
1: no the uh, well okay so the Keaton movies.
0: No,
2: it was Joel Schumacher. It was Joel Schumacher. He's the one who would work, he directed Batman Forever. Um who read, who let me see. Um,
1: Tim Burton. Thank
0: you. Like, what the heck?
1: The Keaton movies it was Tim Burton. Yes. And then after Tim Burton mm-hmm. was not directing the other ones, that was when Schumacher took over.
0: Right. And he me and I just felt like he he, kind of wanted to play off of Burton, you know, and make it. But I just feel like the whole with Batman Forever, like even even though I thought Tommy Lee, Lee Jones was fantastic as Two Face, like again, two very everything was very cartoonish. Like Jim Carrey's Riddler, I wasn't scared of him, you know. Like I wasn't. I thought he was hilarious, you know. And and it's like this guy, he was like that was a. He was scary. Like, as you said, he's very realistic as to how things are. And and so I thought, you know, where, uh, like, Jim Carrey's Riddler, while I loved it, get me wrong, I don't see that ever playing out in real life. This guy, I I see that playing out in real life.
1: Right, because, like I said earlier, it's like, you know, you watch your nightly news or whatever, and you hear about, like, oh, there's this serial killer, there's, you know, this terrorist making all these videos and threats online and they plan this bomb and, you know, whatever. You can recognize those people in this version of the Riddler and it's like that just makes him more scary because you do know for a fact that there are real life people just like him. <laughs> that That's where the believability of how threatening this guy is really amps up for you as you watch all the different events in the movie happen. I mean, and this kind of a character, it really forces Batman to really be a detective trying to figure out who exactly this guy is, what is he planning next, and try to stop him before more people get hurt. And the crazy thing is is that what makes this character also you know, so realistic as well as the fact that like, he's able to get followers to join him because as terrible as what he's doing actually is some of the rationale he comes with, you actually understand how that could actually appeal to people because who is not frustrated that corruption is running rampant in your city or your state or whatever And it feels like it's a never-ending cycle of corruption and nothing ever changes. You appeal to people's sense of frustration that this cycle is like a hamster wheel of corruption and there's like no end to it almost. That you want to do something to change it and it just so happens that you have a character like the riddler in this in this movie who's deciding that i'm going to choose violence today and i'm going to choose violence for the next we- few weeks and months until either things really do change or i get captured and that's just what makes this guy dangerous on top of the fact that he's planning all these plots against his targets i can't think of anything else to add about the riddler uh anything on your end mary
2: i just i i i really do like the way he the 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 direction he took the riddler in, and i even looked up just to see like the top 10 riddler actors he's number two on the list
1: huh who's number one then his name is Corey
2: michael smith and he played uh the riddler in the gotham
1: series huh i never actually watched that show
2: I watched, like, the first season, I
1: think. How was it?
2: It wasn't bad. I just never got into the I never watched the rest of the seasons, though. I always meant to, but I just never got around to watching them. But the first season wasn't bad. It, it, was, it was interesting. It was a definitely a different take on it. Hmm. It might have, maybe if I'd actually finished watching all of the Gotham series, it would have made me appreciate or I shouldn't say appreciate but maybe enjoy this Batman movie slightly better because it is very, very dark and the Gotham series was a darker series. Hmm. So yeah.
1: yeah. I guess one last thing before uh we like change characters what we can talk about. I thought it was really interesting how they use the Zodiac killer as like one influence on the take. They decided to do with the Riddler in this movie. Which, I mean, like, you know, it makes a lot of sense to use him as, like, one of the inspirations and models for it. But, yeah, I mean, you can totally see, like, how they included, like, elements of, like, other serial killers and domestic terrorists as influences on how they portray this character. And I, I will put some high hopes that whatever sequel they're planning... They're going to be thoughtful about how they portray whichever... Well, I mean, at this point, we're pretty much assuming that it's going to be the Joker, but we're just hoping that, like, this version of the Joker will also be really thought out as to, you know, how to make him realistic. Which isn't to say that, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker was unrealistic, but it would be more interesting to see, like... Kind of some of the more psychological things about these villains, about why they are doing what they're doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which kind of fits with like more modern interpretations of like how people look at the comics themselves. You know, like for Batman's Rogues Gallery about like how the different villains have, aside from the fact they have their themes of what kind of crimes they're doing and their their gimmick, if you will, but there's like a psychological background to why they're behaving the way they do and i'm hoping and again i'm hoping for the joker they they go that route as well so what do you think of this james gordon jeffrey wright
0: jeffrey wright i you want to know what i liked about it again it's it's a different trail because again as you mentioned like this is kind of toward like the beginning of batman being batman right like James Gordon was low on the totem pole as like a detective, you know. Like he, in in all the other ones, he was either just about to become commissioner or was commissioner or whatever. So I thought what I liked about it was how he, it it showed you know where he was on the totem pole. You know, like he was getting yelled at. Why are you bringing Batman here? Blah blah blah. Like tell like he wasn't in charge. But I thought Jeffrey Wright did very well as James Gordon. I like him as an actor. I think he, he does a great job in, in a lot of his, his different roles. But I, I, I just thought he, he did very well in this.
2: Okay, that's where I recognize him from. I was like, I knew I recognized this actor from something else <laughs> I've watched. Oh. Yeah, he, he, he was in um, The Hunger Games. Yes. Dee Yes. I was like, I recognize this actor. Where the hell do I recognize him from? I was just like, like it was driving me nuts.
0: <laughs> I mean, was he the best Commissioner? Or uh, Commissioner Gordon? Wow, was he the best James Gordon? I, I, again, each Gordon that we've seen so far has been different. I Thought he did well. Yeah, but I, I, I liked him. I, I didn't have any
2: complaints about him. Didn't have any complaints about him. Yeah.
1: I mean, I genuinely can believe him as, like, a an honest detective, um, an honest officer who really is trying to figure out who this guy is and trying to stop him before he, more people get hurt, and he does want to clean things up to the absolute best of his ability, and you also genuinely believe that he is a very smart guy who also has strong instincts about like what he thinks could be going on and you also can believe that he's pretty open to whatever makes sense whatever you have to do to figure it out and he's willing to work whatever partner if you will who can make it happen cuz whatever tools in the box You need to work with to get the job done you're going to use it so even if he has to go against a lot of his colleagues and work with this mysterious vigilante guy who wears a bat suit
0: and then we have john Totoro as falcone thought it was an interesting choice but i thought he did well yeah i was okay with it he he's he's the type of guy he literally can do a whole like he could be hilarious in comedies or like ridiculously like dark and like curious in others, like he's such a well rounded actor that I feel like doesn't get the credit that he really deserves in all honesty, but I thought he did very well with falcone
1: the The funny thing with Falcone in this movie is that like when you first meet him, he seems to be like a relatively laid back guy yeah. almost like. You it's almost, it's almost hard to believe that he's this scary mob boss, and it's not until like you get towards the end of the movie that you really see like why people are so scared of this guy because he has that initial front, I guess you could say, where like he's this cool, laid back guy. Oh, the gracious host that. Oh, you know, welcome to my humble abode, and you know, we're all here to have a good time, and then. Until you cross him, and then that's when <laughs> the knives come out. Right. So, you
0: mentioned Peter Sarsgaard as Gil colson but that was such a tiny role. We don't necessarily have to go into that. But yeah, Andy Circus as Alfred Pennyworth, which another hopper from Marvel to DC. I guess everyone kind of does that, but he did get killed off in Marvel. So I mean, interesting. Yeah, Alfred.
2: Yeah, but I I believed it. Come a long way.
1: Yeah. I believed it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it was kind of brought up in the movie how, like, I think this Alfred did teach Bruce not all of his skills, but, you know, some of it. And you you kind of believe it with this version of Alfred. Yeah,
0: because it's like he has a military background and. Yeah.
1: Also, yeah. Also, he's not like this old man. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Guys at least middle age, you can honestly believe that he was in the military at some point and he taught his uh boss slash you know pupil. Yeah, pupil a thing or two about how to look after yourself. So
0: And then Colin Farrell as Oswald Copper Potter the Penguin. First of all, that the uh, prosthetics on that man's face, I didn't even know it was him.
2: I didn't either until I had to look it up. I was like, because it said Colin Farrell. I was like, who the hell's Colin Farrell playing? And I kept looking for it throughout the entire film. And I was like, where is he? I mean, like, it was so good. <laughs> it was. He was unrecognizable. And the fact that he used it, that he didn't have his right. normal Irish accent. And it was a completely, like, Neutral American accent completely changed his voice, and I'm like, I had no clue. I was just like,
0: oh, penguin's good, know? but like, and then it's like Colin Farrell. What?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting if in this sequel they're working on, they bring him back. Yeah. Uh, along with uh Joker.
0: Ooh, penguin and Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because really he wasn't. I mean, obviously, he's not a good guy, but, like, he wasn't the villain. He was just kind of there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, now that Falcone is gone, you know, as as often happens in, you know, the underworld stuff, somebody's going to take over, so.
0: Right. Right, and and they had uh, Penguin as, like, his right-hand man, so, like, that's who, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe.
1: Yeah, actually, I remember like a few was a few weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago. But I remember reading that there actually talks about doing like a mini series or a limited series on this version of the Penguin with Colin Farrell coming back doing it. So, which could be interesting, though I'm not sure if that is still going to go through given the recent merger. I think of HBO Max and. Discovery, so I don't know how that's gonna affect things.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mary, you almost got to see Michael Keaton as Batman again.
2: Hey, I would have been, I would have been all for it.
0: Yeah, that just, it just sucks. Like I get it, and you know, in like some way, shape, or form, it's like you no, know, and cost whatever. But it's like it was already made, and yes, it went well over budget. But they're just gonna write it off. It sucks.
1: Oh, um, oh, yeah, actually, um, we should explain to our listeners who may or may not be the types who are following, you know, entertainment news. As of this recording, very recently, it was announced that HBO Max and Discovery Plus were going to merge into one single streaming platform. Um, this is also part of, like, just in general, Warner Brothers overall plan to reorganize and rehaul their budget and also the release schedules of some of their movies in fact they also recently announced that the upcoming Batgirl movie that they were planning to release is not going to be released it's going to be shelved and as Sam started mentioning like they're going to write off the loss the expenses as a loss on their books so
0: yeah because it's like I read somewhere that like their budget was like 20 million or 30 million and they went over budget. They, it cost about 90 million to make it. So either they just don't have that much faith that they'll make up the cost. Plus they haven't even finished editing it and stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, they're still going to be paying that off. Plus then they have to market and all that stuff. They probably don't feel like don't think they're going to make up the cost so they'd rather just write it off and keep it moving which unfortunately sometimes happens it just it sucks for obviously everyone involved the actors because they had were done filming Filming was done it was now they were in post-production but they had already gone well over budget and they weren't even completed with the film so it still was going to cost more money and then having to do test runs, and then maybe edit again, and then market for the movie and all that stuff. I don't even, <laughs> probably was just going to cost way more than it would ever make in the theaters. At least they feel that way. So they figured they'd cut their losses. It just sucks. You know, I just can't help but feel bad. Right. You Had a great cast. As I mentioned, Michael Keaton was slated to play Batman again. And yeah. They did announce that The Flash is going to be out. Oh, you know, hey, get rid of one and and you keep another that, uh, I I don't know. We already talked about it, and I think everyone at this point knows how I feel. I have lost faith in DC, or in uh, Warner Brothers, excuse me, in Warner Brothers, so.
2: Yeah, I think we've all lost faith in Warner Brothers at this point, because, I mean, the last few years of their management has just been has shown that they do not know what they're doing a lot of times
1: right and just to add to it 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 made me laugh when i was reading the other day in my uh, inbox because like i may have mentioned this before uh listeners but i do subscribe to newsletters from the three major entertainment news sites variety hollywood reporter and deadline so i literally was smirking a little bit when i was Actually, reading this article that popped up in my inbox saying how, like, basically Warner Brothers is going to be adapting a similar strategy to what Disney and Marvel have been doing for the MCU. Oh, yeah. Going forward for the DCEU. I mean, it's hilarious to me that they've decided now, after Disney's made tons and tons of money off of the MCU, that finally they're going to do a similar strategy as them
0: can't beat them join', him. no,
2: yeah, but I feel it's too little too late for d c
1: yeah. yeah yeah, I mean, out of the three of us, I'm the one who probably has seen the least uh number of the of these d c movies, so I can't really speak about whether I think the movies overall are good or bad or in the middle or middling, but it's pretty obvious uh in terms of like box office takes. Disney and Marvel are clearly winning. I mean, obviously there are certain movies that DC produced that were that did very, very well, of course. But you know, overall they're winning a lot. They're pretty far ahead towards the the gold medal position here. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so, at the same time, and I mean not to go into this too much more, but you know, at the same time, Marvel is starting to, from based on what a lot of you know, like. I've noticed a, a difference. I feel like the the past year hasn't been to the same caliber as previous years and I don't know if it's just burnout from everything, you know, because it was just one after the other after the other after the other. Like a lot of people are like getting tired of Marvel. So honestly, DC doing this, it might go into their favor. It might be too little, too late, but if they could produce some really good films, then they would put themselves in a good position to actually be almost better than Marvel because Marvel like I said this past year two years really ever after Endgame really it it's just hasn't been the same you know like i i feel like everything and again it might just be that it's just burnout you know mm-hmm. like it's funny like at comic con hearing that they're you know they talked about the next two phases and i'm like God, we're not done yet? Like, <laughs> I don't want anything else to be done. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Although I am interested in, in seeing how yeah. uh,
1: with Cap- with Captain Sam America, Wilson yeah.
2: does his, uh, I mean, Anthony Mackie does, yeah, does his Captain America. So no, I am very I am, interested am in am seeing well. that. All right. So that's the only thing that's really keeping me hanging on to the to the MCU is because I really want to see Anthony Mackie come into his own as Captain America. I'm excited for him.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll apologize, listeners, that we kind of dived into a little MCU talk, but, you know, it, this is just the natural direction of conversation. Sorry about that. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe, but you know, maybe these two studios will get their acts together and give their fans the quality stuff that they're asking for i mean i'm okay i know you know out of three of us mary is like like i know you you didn't hate the movie but you weren't like as into it as like me and sam are but i'm kind of hoping that this movie is going to be an indicator of what dc and Warner Brothers oh. can produce movie wise going forward, you know, because there were a lot of good things about this movie that we all agree were good about this movie. So, I mean, let's just hope that the you know, at least some of the upcoming movies that they finally release are going to be yeah. better. We can only hope that. Let's let's just hope yeah. that the restructuring does lead to better content.
0: Yep. I agree. I agree.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time.
0: And see what we're going to talk about.
2: Because the three fates decide.